0: You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, along with co-host Jay Gonzalez. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Eye on the Ball. Jay, when was the last time you played spin the wheel and the news and the results changed <laughs> as we speak? Because it, it's like
1: yesterday we talked about this. Today talks about something else. I'm, I'm not really sure, but this is, you know, this is obviously a strange situation for, for everybody, and there's so much going on every day, and it changes seemingly by, you know, we've said it before, it changes seemingly by the hour, and it's doing that again. So. Right, right. Well, 24 hours ago, we were talking about uh, how
0: dire the, uh, the system was. California was going to say no school, uh, no
1: students, uh, everything online. Now it looks like they might be having some students. Well, it it, it sounds like the door has is kind of been opened because what the what the California systems now are saying is that they might have to have some students on campus because certain classes just require face to face interaction between students, and so now you have others saying that. If there are some students on campus, that opens the door for student athletes to be on campus. You, in fact, sent an email somewhere and got a reply that said that is true. I did. I have a you know I have a close friend uh, at at one of the California schools, and I won't I won't say where, but uh, I just directly asked is if some students, even if it's a, even if it's ten to twenty percent of classes, mm-hmm. are live on campus, does that open the door for? Uh, for um, student athletes to be on campus and therefore sports to resume and the answer was pretty much a yes so
0: and we talked about this yesterday or the day before about Oregon the, the governors saying no no games there uh, but they are they're on a quarterly system so that means they start later in in the season uh, which means that's different because the, st- the football players are
1: there early right and so you know how, how do we the Oregon situation is a completely different situation where you've had a, a governor who has said uh, gatherings of 25 or more are not going to be allowed uh, through the end of September You're you know what does that mean for let's say a football practice mm-hmm. you know as long as you don't have 25 guys in a group can you practice right you know let's say you're playing a game if you keep Groups, you know, smaller than 25 on the sideline, you know, people are going to find a way to deal mm-hmm. with this stuff and see what happens. But I just don't think we are going to know for a while yet, you know, how that's going to turn out. But I think the big news is that, uh, for instance, Chip Kelly on, right, a, on right, a Pac-12 right. webinar today said nothing has happened and nothing's been said that says UCLA and Cal are not playing football this fall. So... You know, they're still waiting to hear, and there's still a lot more to happen. But, you know, I, I think football in the fall is still on the
0: table. Mm-hmm. No question. I think it's May 13th right now. We have about two months just for some wiggle room, if you can. Uh, and then uh, we'll see by mid July, obviously. Uh, but where I was going to go with this was um, you don't know, and we won't know
1: until it's time when they decide. Right. And and, and you don't know. And so, for instance, you know, we're hearing that. We're hearing that. Um, we're hearing that Uh, U of A coaches are going to be able to be on campus in June uh, and getting ready for, you know, for uh, student athletes or players to arrive. So it'll be interesting to see how that's going to work and, you know, what they're going to be able to do and how much is how much is going to be able to, to happen. While we're waiting for the players to get in, to get on on campus,
0: right, right, and that's just for football because we had Coach uh, Rubio on yesterday, and I thought it was a fantastic idea if they could pull this off, extend their seasons to the next semester, and
1: let the other schools, or the other teams, worry about it. Right. But Dave Rubio also said they're going to be basically following football's lead, and and it, it kind right, of all right. revolves around football. So whatever football is able to do, the other sports are going to be able to do. So if football has no uh football has no Presence on campus, then volleyball is not going to be on campus either. But if football players are on campus and they're getting ready for a season, well, then volleyball will be in the in the same position. And, and so with the other sports. It happens that they
0: show up at the same time because practice
1: starts at the same time. Right? If not then maybe volleyball shows a little. It's about the same. time It's about the same. About the same. You yeah. know they have the, they have basically the same training schedule and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So um, you know you got women's soccer as well. So. The,
0: if you were a betting man, I won't say that you are or aren't.
1: Uh, <laughs> you you would say what? Yes. I think they're going to figure it out. I think there's going to be football in the fall. Now, I think it's delayed. Is it a, right? Is a it going to start in September? Maybe not. Yeah. But you know, just remember they've got uh, you know they've got some wiggle room in, in December. I know there's bowl games set in December. Right. But you know those those bowl games that come before Christmas, you know they might be able to be scheduled rescheduled for after Christmas. Sure. And, sure, sure, and now sure, you've sure. got a, a few weeks to work with in December to finish off seasons. A and couple then games. Right. And then there's the whole idea of maybe you just play a conference season you play 9 games in your conference, maybe one out of conference game and you take two, you know, two more weeks, two or three weeks if you had a buy mm-hmm. off the off the calendar and now you can kind of squeeze it in. I think we're going to see football. Um I'm, I do too. I'm optimistic. Uh, I believe that they just have to figure it out. Financially they've got to figure it out.
0: Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Money talks. Right. Right, right. The Michigan governor said there's going to be obviously the the tailgates are going to be totally different. If there are tailgates,
1: the football game as we know it has changed. Right. The game not so much, but the the way we watch it. Right. You know, if I got to give up tailgating for there to be a game, I'll give up tailgating <laughs> for there to be a game. Okay, I'll I'll you know we'll find somebody's house around the the stadium, we'll picnic in their front yard or something. But um you know if you know we're gonna have to make sacrifices, and that's for sure. Uh, and the sacrifices may be you know. If you've got fifty thousand fans that want to go to a game and you've got a fifty thousand seat stadium, well maybe only twenty five thousand get to go to a game and however they're gonna do that, but um you know if they're i I just think they're gonna figure out a way to play football
0: in fact Arizona is one of another uh, kind of not guinea pigs not the right word, but they start very early this year uh to the twenty ninth I think against Hawaii at home uh kind of like the first games uh and then they play portland state, so Hawaii Portland State, and then Stanford.
1: They could start mid-September. I mean, Hawaii and Portland State. Oh, okay. But. Right. You know, you throw those guys off the off the schedule, and you go into your into your into Pac-12. your season, and mm-hmm. you know you can go. And uh, it's just like I said, I, I just think it'll get it'll get figured out at some point. And you know, the NFL is going to lead a lot of this as well because mm-hmm. you know people are looking to them. They're they're you know what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? You know, if the NFL says well we're going to start in September, but we're not going to have any fans, mm-hmm. what will the NCAA do? Mm-hmm. In response to that if the NCAA says well it's going to look bad for us if we have fans but you know then you got groups like the SEC who are going to say we're doing this. Right, so, right, right. Who, who, the, who the heck knows right now? Illness be damned. So you'll get in. You'll be, you're will be. you one of the key guys who does the stats. Yeah, well, you know, I got to be at the table when basketball starts. So we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes and, you know, and when basketball starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's another thing down the uh, again, road. Again, I don't think there's a guarantee that basketball will start on
0: right, time. Right, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: guarantee? What does that mean? Well, I think I saw something that, uh, that got posted talking about the difference between the ability to pass this virus indoors versus outdoors mm-hmm. and you know you might be able to have an outdoor event when you still can't have an indoor event yeah where did you see that where did you see that you know our, our friend john wilner posted something about okay, that, and said that, that. don't don't let that get lost in the discussion that the the uh the the way the virus is spread and he he posted some sort of scientific study dr wilner yeah the way that the virus is spread that you know if you're indoors you it's easier to get it than if you're outdoors amongst a bunch of people contained so, whether or not right. contained. So, I, again i'm not i'm not a doc or a scientist and i'm you know will let other people decide that but it kind of makes sense to me yeah no well, good
0: stuff Jay. let's take a quick break here we're going to have cpr to use ramon valadez i think we're going to have bill Sperbick as well talking about heat strokes and stuff like that at this time of year in tucson here on Ten Thirty the voice Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 10.30 The Voice with Steve Rivera and Jay Gonzalez. Now on the phone, we have CPR2U's Bill Spurbeck and Ramon Valadez. Good afternoon, gentlemen.
2: Hello, Steven. Good afternoon.
0: What's going on with you guys? I know you guys are busy. I know everybody at this time of year is kind of hunkering down, but you still see a lot of people out in the heat. Because last week was unbelievably or unseasonably hot uh, what do you? What's your warning to those outside, especially during the peak hours?
2: So it's a good question. A couple of good questions there. So first of all, I was paying attention. You know, the time of the heat. You know, we're lucky in Tucson that you know from about eleven until about you know five o'clock it's hot and it starts to cool down. Unlike Phoenix, but uh, natives and people say, "Oh, I'm acclimated to the heat and things like that." It's it's not true. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you live in Tucson, you got to pay attention to heat and the potential of uh, heat emergencies, especially when you're doing strenuous exercises or you're out there practicing pop, or football or lowly baseball or, or playing tennis. So I'll share a couple of myths with you if you'd like. Go ahead. Okay, so there's only three different uh, degrees of uh, heat, heat, what we call heat related uh, emergencies. The first one being called uh, heat stress. So you're out there semi-hot, you start sweating, you're not feeling so good, uh, this is the time you start taking a break and, and going inside, cooling down, and, you know, rehydration, and in fact, if you know you're going to be outside the, the evening before, that's when hydration needs to start, not an hour before or during the, uh, physical activity, actually the, uh, you know, the evening before, and, uh, we see this quite often as you know, living in Tucson as I have since nineteen seventy two. We kinda of blow it off. Well I'm used to the heat, I start sweating a little bit, I'm not feeling good, so I'll go in and, you know, cool down for ten minutes, fifteen minutes and then I'll go back out and continue the activity. And uh the reality is is was goes from the heat stress to heat exhaustion. Now this is when uh, you start becoming nauseated, you might start vomiting. You truly need to be out of the heat for two or three days. If you ever had this, you notice that, you know, you you get a headache and the headache continues into the next day and even maybe into the next day. So we don't uh, really treat or think about these heat related emergencies uh, like the uh, normal person.
1: Jay, Jay, you're a nat- you're a native. Do you Jay, you're a native. Do you feel like you know you're invincible to it? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, as I as I've gotten older, <laughs> it's getting getting harder. You know, let, let me just ask you, uh, I you know I. I i golf i love golfing but as as i've gotten a little older i've i'm starting to feel you know the the heat uh, affects me a lot more but let's say you're out on the you know 14th hole you want to finish you've been drinking water but you know you're starting to get you starting to feel the heat you know i've been out there and i get to that point maybe start getting a little dizzy i bend over to put my golf ball you know tee up my ball and then i stand up and i get a little dizzy um you know at what point do you call it quits and say you know what Forget the forget the last four holes. Get out of here. I mean, what, what's what are the recommendations there? I mean, I you know I've never quit golfing because I was heat stroked, but I've thought I should.
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's the perfect example. And there's a couple things there you mentioned. One is uh, age. As we get older, there's a uh, organ. It's called the hypothalamus, which regulates our body temperature. And if you notice, as you get older, maybe your grandparents, say, hey, I'm always cold etc things like that is that hypothalamus doesn't regulate the body temperature as much so see, tree uh true heat uh now heat stroke uh it's typically in the elderly but like yourself you're out there golfing uh 14 more holes you know the normal person that might be what another 20 30 minutes if you're playing with steve Rivera. that's another six hours <laughs> like, like like yourself j uh, yeah it's time to pack it up and, and go in because again it, it 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 continues and it doesn't stop you know once you get inside the air conditioning and you cool down yeah it might feel a little better but you actually stressed your body out and you need to stay out of that environment for a couple of days.
0: One of the things I think we'll see more because there's no little league this year. There's a lot of sports that have been canceled for the summer. So we won't see kids out there a lot. We'll see some cyclists, runners and stuff like that, but less of that, but more hikers out there who don't know the, do, know the, do not know the world of the sun in Tucson because invariably we have hikers need to be rescued.
3: Well, Steve, one of the things that we have to remember, though, is that we actually have rookie hikers. Yes. Because of everything that's going on right now, uh, a lot of people say, well, let's go outside, and they don't take water with them or don't know exactly what Bill is talking about. Uh, So uh, especially rookies uh, need to understand They've got to take water with them, otherwise they're going to go through the, the heat stress and, and the different phases that, that Bill's been
1: talking about. You know, I'm one of those guys. I I take water with me when I drive across town. I don't even have to be hiking to have water with me. But again, that's one of those things that you, you do because you, you've lived you know, here all yeah, this time. Yeah. But you know, the the hiking thing is 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 a ama- is really something that I you know sometimes I just shake my head when I hear that you know an expert hiker you know took off and 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 got and got into a situation because they. Didn't have enough water, or somebody who didn't know, and they went off hiking and didn't even have any water. And I, you know, I it, it just it just is is common sense to me that people need to common do that. Sense. And
2: that and yeah. it well, it's common sense, common.
1: <laughs> but uh, on, you, you on
2: know, go ahead. Like remote said, it's it's typically the uh, the, uh, the, the people that come out here in rookie that come out here in March and April that, uh, you know, want to go hike, they don't take any water, and, uh, you know, a good friend of mine is the paramedic on the uh, Sheriff's Department Air Rescue, and those are typically the type of people that uh, they're rescuing out there. They go up in the water, they get heat-stressed or heat-exhausted, and, you know, they they can't walk any further after going to the helicopter. And something else I always notice, and you probably guys have noticed this too, is, you know, March or April, going into May, you know, the out of town reasons are when you go out, you know, you go out to dinner because they look like lobsters, you know, come say, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm going to go out. I'm from, I'm from New York City. I'm going to come out. There and get a suntan. tan. They stay outside for six or eight hours. And they look like lobsters. And then we end up transporting to the, uh, you know, to the hospital for IV therapy, uh, because we know you don't stay out more than, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time. You only go out at particular hours of the, of the day. So let
0: me ask you guys. I know, Bill, you guys are busy uh, with the business doing sporting events. How has this affected you? Because there's no sporting events.
2: Uh, we slow down a little bit, and it'll be interesting. Our big event every year is the uh, the Mexico League Baseball when they come through on spring train. Haven't talked to Mike Feder about what's uh, what's going on with that. And then you know the baseball and the football. That's going to be interesting because nobody knows what the schedules are going to be. And then you know, a typical U of A football game is usually uh, staffed with six to eight ambulances. So there's a lot of planning that goes in, into that. So it's kind of a, and we haven't seen a typical, uh, this is about the time of the year, we start seeing uh, literally coaches for baseball and football come in. We haven't seen too many of those yet. And that's an annual requirement that they get CPR for state training. So your guess is is good at running.
0: Yeah, very difficult time. Uh, very difficult. Time. I'm curious uh, about other things. Uh, we know about the heat exhaustion. How does it affect the heart? Because uh, obviously you guys teach CPR, t- teach it on the daily uh, for cardiac arrest and stuff. But how does that heat affect that?
2: The heat actually stresses out the heart because as the body tries to cool itself, the heart rate goes up. And so we we throw that, uh, that term heat stroke out. Uh, loosely, but the, the true person with heat stroke is somebody that actually stops sweating. And it does happen, and typically they're the ones that will go into cardiac arrest or, you know, they're deceased by the time we get to uh, the home. And uh, again, it's typically seen in the elderly because the hypothalamus that, you know, isn't working or regulating the body like it should. And then, you know, the elderly always pays attention to. The cost of cooling down the house and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, always as a paramedic, I always use the uh, rule of thumb: is if you're nauseated and you start vomiting, when you start vomiting, it's time for me to start an IV and you go in and get, uh, you know, continued IV therapy because uh, you're not going to keep nothing down by by mouth.
1: Well, let me ask you guys, because um, you're, you're, you're scaring me to death right here. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go tell my wife I'm not doing the yard work this weekend. But, uh, you know, but really, I mean, you know, the average person, you know, maybe, you know, they aren't hikers and they are not doing that type of stuff, you know, but you are working in the backyard or you're walking your your kids or whatever. You know, let's say you start feeling, you know, terrible and you know, it's the heat and maybe you don't have water with you, you know, uh, and you're starting to get in distress. What's the thing to do?
2: Uh, Try to get some type of liquid source, whether it be water or... uh, You know, I'm not a big fan of Gatorade, and the reason being is, you know, Gatorade was developed back in the 70s by the University of Florida football team, which just that for dehydration. Today, we drink it like it's a uh, soda, and the problem with Gatorade is it's full of uh, potassium and sodium and other electrolytes. Well, that's... those electrolytes... Well, it's hard to contract, right? Negative and positive electrolytes. and There's actually been documented cases over the years where people have ingested too much Gatorade. Uh, so you got to pay attention to your intake. My rule of thumb with that or recommendation is uh, cut it uh, at least by 50% or not more. And this is if you are out there exercising or doing some type of uh, physical activity. Is Don't take it straight up because... It, it, a, it's full of electrolytes. B, it's full of sugar.
1: But let's say you're working in your backyard. You just go inside and start pounding flu, uh water. Do you know, do you get in a cold shower? I mean, what you know, what's the thing to do?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and a not a cold shower, but a cool shower because we you're hot and you cool down quick. You start to shiver, and what does shivering do? It causes heat. So I don't recommend jumping into an ice bath, but you know. Slowly cooling yourself down. Uh, if you're nauseated, little sips of water. Again, if you're vomiting, that's that's seriously the time, and we don't take it very seriously because we live in you know the desert and the heat. But if you if you're vomiting and you can't stop it, you need to get the, your fluids back through IV. Well, Bill, real yeah, quick,
0: Bill, real quick, of the percentages of the people that live in the United States, how many know CPR?
2: Uh, we're at about. I think 12%. Wow. Which is absolutely, uh, you know, low considering when you ask somebody, hey, what is CPI? They know what it is. It's whether or not they're taking a class. And as you mentioned, uh, we'll be starting our partnership again uh, with KVOA here soon. And so there'll be plenty of opportunity for the community to come take a uh, you know, free CPR and get certified. Zach is one of our instructors.
0: How how did it go this year with the kids not finishing school in school? uh, Because aren't they required to have that as part of their uh, curriculum?
2: Yeah, i talked to one principal, and he didn't really have an answer for it. And I don't know if the state board's uh, enforcing it or not, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, And then, again, our our swim test program will probably start sometime in uh, June.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm
2: surprised.
0: I'm surprised Bill that you even let Ramon speak for one one question. I'm good. I'm, I'm proud I did. of you. I
2: say hello. <laughs> I <him> say hello.
0: <laughs>
2: hello.
0: Uh, hello guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. We got to take a quick break here. All right, Steve. Enjoy you guys. Thanks to uh, CPR to you guys here if you want to take a CPR class, look them up. They're good. Let's take a break here on Tim the care. Voice. Hey, Steve. Take Thank care. you guys. Hey, welcome back to I on the Ball here on 1030 the voice. I'm Steve Rivera with Jay Gonzalez. If you guys want to call in, please do. This is we have a lot of time this afternoon. Uh, we don't usually get to take a lot of calls, but we have time now. That'd be great just to see what you guys are thinking about what we're talking about and what you guys want us to talk about. 790-2040. You could argue with us. You could tell us we're full of it. I'm okay with that. I'm told that often. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay and I, we'd like to hear, you know, we like to hear from you. We've had
1: some callers in the last few days. We have. We've had some people calling in to you know to talk about the stuff that we're talking about talking about and there's lots going on and you know a lot of this matters to a lot of people so yeah we'd, yeah. Love, to, we'd love to hear what, yeah, uh, yeah. what people have to say. So, so you're not a season ticket holder because you go to games or, or are you? No I, I'm a football season ticket holder and for basketball uh, I get paid with two season tickets mm-hmm. which means my family gets to go. So
0: for football let's assume for a second uh, we can play it. If you're a season ticket holder and you're going to have uh, limited space to go
1: sit are you going to want to renew are you going to want to go? Are you I'm going to buy my season tickets. And there, there's a lot of reasons behind that is that, um, you know, having been on, on the Sugar Skull side and, you know, hoping that people the were still going to, you know, yeah. the importance. Yeah. I, re, I recognize the importance yeah. of, you know, the season ticket holders to the business. So there, there's a lot of things behind that. One, I'm going to go ahead and get my season tickets. I, we've got till June 1st to get, to you know. To, uh, to renew. To renew and, mm-hmm. and, and, and keep your seats. I'm going to do that. One. You know, I'm I'm a longtime supporter of of, of uh, U of A football. I've been buying season tickets mm-hmm. since forever. Um, you know, my son works at the U of A, so it's like, you know, if I'm if I'm not buying my season tickets, I'm not supporting him. Yeah, I mean, he's in the athletic department. He's not just at the U of A; he's in the athletic department. And I'm just going to go ahead and get my tickets and then wait and see what happens. Right. I, I just believe that whatever the U of A is going to do regarding tickets for football or whatever, they're going to figure it out, and I, I'm i I'm, I'm just going to have faith that it's going to be fair. And if they say, okay, we're going to open, you know, people are going to get to come to the games, but you can't come to all the games cuz we have to divide it up whatever mm-hmm. i'll figure it out financially we'll you know we'll, we'll get that figured out i'm, I'm even going to buy my tailgate pass so uh, i am just going to move on as if the season's coming right. and then if it get, has to be figured out down the road then fine if they if they're going to keep my money and put it towards a future season I'm okay with that. I think I asked you this question yesterday, maybe on air, or maybe not, maybe off air. And
0: I'll ask Tom the same question. So, are you going to be the canary in the in the uh, in the coal mine?
1: I don't know. Cause, um, well, because even now they open up the restaurants, and you said oh, I'm, I'm gonna, not. Uh, I'm not going to restaurants, and they've opened up the health clubs, and I'm not going to get on the, on the stairmaster. <clears throat> but what I am going to do is just kind of see what's going on out there, and um, if they say, okay, this is what it's going to take for people to come to a game and be safe. I'm going to I'm going to go with that. More importantly
0: your kids because you're in you're going you specifically are going to be in the press box area yada yada
1: but then you have whoever uses your tickets you that's your concern. Right. That that's my concern at yep. least as it relates to basketball. But if it you know for football if they say okay we're going to let half the you know we're going to fill half the stadium and you're going to have to be x far apart and this is how we're going to do it. I I will do that. Mm-hmm. But um for instance you know, we had I had a conversation with some friends you know would you go to disneyland the first day they open no and my answer to that was no, no. i'm gonna yeah. wait on that one right um but you know for a for a football game i think <laughs> i think i might be more inclined to just you know there's people way smarter than us out there trying to figure this out sure sure so i'm gonna trust that they're figuring it out tom
4: if i'm not going for work i'm not going uh and it has nothing to do with me. or And you, and you stay there. For, you're the last guy out. I am. I am. And I love going to those games. I enjoy it. Um, I'm not a season ticket holder. I don't have the means to be one. But when I do go, I'm there. I stay the whole time. And, and I, I I love going out. I love the atmosphere. But here's the thing. Shopping for groceries has taught me and reinforced, not taught me, but reinforced that it's everybody else. Driving in Tucson has taught me that it's everybody else that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what guidelines you set. People won't listen. People won't pay attention. They'll violate them and violate them with either pure ignorance or with glee, knowing that they are violating them.
1: Right. No, I do not
4: trust other people.
1: Well, my hope would be that if if there are certain things you have to do to attend a football game, that there's going to be some oversight of that, and the people who aren't doing those things are out of there. Just like, you know, if you're, you know, if you're drunk and acting like an idiot at a game, you're out of there. So I would Mm -hmm. think that there would be some oversight of that. I get what Tom's saying about being at a grocery store. You know, you go to a grocery store, you're wearing a mask and somebody else isn't. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you, you, you obviously, don't care about the rest of us in that that's why you're doing that but um i would expect that in in a situation like that where you're going into a stadium Mm -hmm. and there's certain things you have to do to be able to be in that stadium that there's going to be somebody there making sure people are doing those things Mm -hmm. and so um I, i i think that the careless people hopefully would be weeded out so you guys won't be sitting in the zona zoo area Mm, uh, you know,
4: I just I don't think that's going to happen, though, because ushers at sporting events and concerts in the best of times don't take care of problems when they happen. And uh, I mean, you got a 50 50 shot at getting a drunk, obnoxious person removed from your section. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. More often than not, I just move away from the situation if there's empty seats. But in a crowd of even 10,000 at an Arizona football game, socially distanced, you're not going to have enough staff to be able to police everybody. I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't. And look, I can move away from a drunk, loud, obnoxious guy and be fine. That's just my inconvenience. But when it comes to something that is potentially life-threatening, and I'm sick of people saying to me, well, you probably won't get it. And if you get it, you probably won't die. That's not good enough for me.
0: <laughs> no, you're probably that's, right. That's <laughs> not, yeah,
4: that's not good enough for me. And that's just, that's how it is. And I think until more people have that attitude, then
0: we're all sunk. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. There's no right or wrong answer here. Right I, I mean?
1: Well, well, we don't have an answer is right, what it is. Right, right, right. And we don't know what it's going to be like and what they're eventually going to come up with. Um, like I said, I think there's people way smarter than us who are going to be out there trying to figure it out. And then, uh, you know, again, I'm just inclined to kind of yeah. go with. I mean, they told me start wearing a mask, so I'm wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. They told me don't go to the office, so I'm not going to the office. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, my daughter and my son come over my house who don't the ones who don't live with us they come over to the house, it's because i know where they've been they tell me where they've been and there have been times where my my daughter say, you know what we've been out in different places this week we probably shouldn't be around you guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now and so um you know I, I i think if people hopefully follow the direction i know i've been following the directions and so uh you know again we'll see i mean i, I i'll have to see if look if they if there's a football game and it's the first football game and they say you've got a ticket to go to the game i'm going to the game
4: yeah and i i mean look tv being what it is and the uh, the broadcast now is incredible. You get twelve different angles of everything, and it's it's well, enticing to stay at home sometimes.
0: That's part of the problem now for attendance. Well, sure, got that's a, a general issue yeah, with yeah. The attendance. Right. Yeah, right, right. So you have it. You haven't made it home. Beers are cheaper, and the company is good. Yeah, or at least you, you'd hope it's good at home. Yeah, you know, well, Jay's been going tailgating premierly for how many years
1: now? Great God. spot. Yeah, uh, people go visit. L- I can't. Even, I can't even do the math on that one. And that costs, and that's not cheap. No, it's not cheap. You know, uh, a tailgate pass is, I think, $400 for, you know, for one space. I'm I'm talking about food and drink. Yeah, and then then the food and all that and the time and all that kind of stuff. But the social aspects are what make that worthwhile
4: for you. Sure, sure, and, yeah. sure,
1: and 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 it always has been. You know, for for me, college football has been, you know, each each home game has been an event that we go to, and we used to do it really big, you know, a long time ago. But um, you know, it, it it means a lot to me to go do that in the fall, and that's what we do, and that's mm-hmm. what my family has done for a really long time, um, and so it means enough to me to sit here and say that if there's a football game in early September. You'll be there. I'm probably going, assuming that, you know, that all the experts have said, this is how you can do it, and do it safely.
0: Yeah, we got a call. We got a call. Chuck, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, guys. Hey, Chuck. Yeah, I'm
3: I'm old enough to remember uh, when uh, there was a measles outbreak, and uh, my mother would find out about it, you know, who had it, who didn't have it, and, Guess where she sent me?
0: Uh, to your she room.
3: She sent me right to the. She sent me right to the house, where the, the kid had measles. She wanted me to get it.
1: You know, and, that, and that's a, you know that's a train of thought that people you know some people are having right now is that you yep, know, but exactly I still don't right think that we know enough about it yet to make to know that I if know. you get it and and don't die from it, that now you're immune <laughs> to it. It
3: wasn't it wasn't just the measles. It was the mumps. Oh, and the chickenpox. The only thing that... No, no, not, that's the one my mom shied away from. Rubella <laughs> was the
4: mumps. other one. It was measles, because mumps, she, and rubella.
3: Yeah, because she knew that she found out that they could have later in life ramifications. So she said, said no, you're not going near anybody that has chickenpox. But all of the other diseases, even cold, flu, whatever... We play with the kids. We all got it because your body is built with an immune system. That immune system has to intake those viruses to build up the immune against it. So it's very favorable. You know, we play in dirt and mud and everything.
0: Kids nowadays, they don't do that. We used to eat <laughs> so, uh, glue. One last question, Chuck. So, you sound like an older gentleman. I know you are. How afraid are I am you? i very old. Yeah. How, how afraid I'm are old. you of this because you're in the vulnerable age? I'm
3: 77, but I don't feel threatened at
0: all. Yeah. Well, good Not for you. Not at all. Good for you, Chuck. Not at all. We hope to see you at the next baseball season because I know you're a big baseball okay. guy. Thanks for calling, okay. Chuck. I appreciate it. Anybody wants to call in, please do. Uh, we have a couple minutes in this break here, and then we'll talk about a lot of things on the other side. It's it's funny. This is a sports show. and It hasn't become a sports it, show. We we kind of talk about sports. Yeah,
1: I can't wait for the games to start. <laughs> I want to talk about some games. I you know I want to come in here on a Monday and talk about Saturday's football game. I'm, saw, I'm dying to do that. I saw something funny because I played the sport uh, on
0: ESPN. I think it was on ESPN.com. Uh, some guy won twenty five thousand. He bet a hundred dollars on a ping pong match in Russia. Ten. He had a Ten team that was a ten team parley,
1: but hundred bucks, won twenty five hundred because he picked ten straight games. You know, I was watching the national axe throwing championships the other day. <laughs> I was watching the national cornhole championships. I saw that. I day. saw that. I, you know, I was watching darts. I I was I've been watching bowling almost religiously. Uh, it's it's killing me. I, I you know I, I'm I'm on a radio show and I haven't had a game to talk about yet. Right, right. So I, you know I, I I can't wait to do that. But uh, the good thing is we've had some good. Guess and I think if we can tease can we tease maybe that we're going to get some pretty I good ones. We next? got a couple of pretty good ones that we're lining up. We're trying to we're trying to line confirm. up for things yeah. and confirm them, but we're going to have some really nice guests coming up that I think will give us a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah,
4: no joke. I have a friend who was here in Tucson for the World Axe Throwing Championships, and mm-hmm. uh, he was competing in the finals. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I've actually tried to do this. There is some skill involved, but if you think it's anything like marathon running, it's not. But there's still, (laughs) there's still some athletic, like bowling. There's athletics involved in being able to just repeat this motion over and over and over for three days and hours at a time. Is it a sport? But bowling? No, bowling and X-throwing. I think bowling is definitely a sport. Bowling grinds your knees and your hips like you wouldn't believe Uh, coming from someone who used to be a competitive bowler. (laughs) so there's there's your answer right there what about axe throwing throwing, um that's that's if my buddy danny were listening he'd be like yes it's a sport of course it's a sport um i mean i get see i think anything and and this is the same thing where people don't think golf is a sport anything where you have to repeat a mechanical motion with precision over and over is a sport to me so yes
1: axe-throwing be JHA? a sport? I'm okay with golf and bowling being a sport. I don't know if I draw the line at axe-throwing, though.
0: With that, we'll take a break here. Come back on the other side here on 10.30 The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Why on the Ball here on 10 Through of the Voice with Jay Gonzalez, Steve Rivera. So, you know, there, we talked about kind of joking that there's not enough sports, but there's some
1: U of A stuff coming out. Yeah, a couple of nice stories coming out of U of A football. Um, first of all, uh, J.J. Taylor, who was did not get drafted, uh, running back that, uh, uh, you know, well, he, he left a year early in that. He had another year of eligibility left, but he had graduated, had done his four years here. Um, he, he, he left the U of A and, and didn't, did not get drafted, but he signed on with the uh with with the New England Patriots and uh, ESPN reporting today that he signed a three-year contract with guaranteed hundred thousand dollars and then a, and a signing bonus. So good for him, you know. He he's, he was by all accounts somebody who seemed to work hard. You know, di- didn't didn't see his his size as as something that right. should hold him back from from being a, a good college and professional football player. And he's he's uh, he's hooked on with the with the New England Patriots. Now he's not going to get a chance to play with Tom Brady, but you know he's a pro. Uh, he's got some money coming his way and uh, hopefully uh, he can stick and, and make a career out of it. You know, the Patriots are famous for having, you know, players like J.J. Taylor, you know, the Julian mm-hmm. Edelman and those guys that uh, he it might be a good fit for him. Uh, one hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. That's um one month rent in New York in that area. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That that's a nice job to get right out of right well, out I of college. Yes. And if, you know, whether if you you want to say okay, well, it's an internship and let's see if he sticks. You know, I I wouldn't mind getting a you know right now hundred k right out of the box. So he's in right, right. he's in good shape with that. And then uh, another great story. And and you know, um. Uh, rett Rodriguez has really been a, been a kid that you just have to admire uh, you know what he's what he's done and what with what he's had to go through you know his dad got fired in a in a really uh, difficult controversial and you know un- unappealing way I mean, yeah, it was a just a mess right. and yet you know I, I think a lot of kids in in in, in Rett rod's uh, position would have packed up and mm-hmm. left with his dad and you know he stuck around and uh, I think that just says a lot about him. Well, the, the news is that He's the uh, he's the val- valedictorian among U of A athletes, so that means he you know he had the best GPA of of everybody uh, you know in the athletic department. I think it's something like five hundred and some athletes, mm-hmm. and um, you know to not only stick with it, he's still on the football team, and and he's to do that well in in college. He's graduating right already, and he's a valedictorian. I mean, I I think you know that kid's got character all over the place. It's from the Eller School of Business too, right from the the I mean, you know, school and so you know the the kid's got a great future. Uh, there's a there's a great story in him on him in the Arizona Daily Star. You know, and clearly you know that the the coaching roots are there. Right. And at the end of the story, he talks about how he wants to be he wants to be a coach or could see himself being a coach, and he I, he's going to be a coach when, somewhere.
0: When he was at uh, when he was in eighth grade, I did a story on him for Fox Sports. Uh, couldn't un, Couldn't believe how smart he was at that age, knowing a lot of different things. But you know, kids today can do they can do a lot of different things heck they do all my electronic stuff for me thank god uh but you you saw the acumen obviously because of the dad and learning and watching learning and watching typical coach's son knows all the stuff the right things to do right things to say uh but yeah no question he had it tough when rich was here and rich though was a great uh a great
1: a proud dad sure he was Sure he was, and, and and what I what I loved about that was that, you know, I went, when 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 uh, Red Rod signed with the U of A, and you know, you heard people saying, "Oh, he's only getting it because of his dad," and I predicted, I said, he's going to have a bit of a career. Now he, you know, physically, he might not have the tools to be a, a starter at a Division One pro or, a Part or five program like right, Arizona, right. but I thought he's going to be uh, uh, a, a great. Uh, uh, somebody who's really going to help the program. Piece of the puzzle, kind of going to help. Yeah. You, he's going to be the type of kid who's going to be able to help other quarterbacks understand. Now, the hope was that the whole time he was here, that his dad would still be coaching. Because mm-hmm. my thought was, who would know that offense on, on the team, right? Better than better than the coach's son, so right. I thought that that he had a great future ahead of him, and I, I'm really glad that he stuck it out. You know, he talked about how, you know, the reason he stayed here was because he had a, lo- a lot of friends and he loved the program.
0: Right, right, right. It's funny because I think some of Rich Rod's best years: B.J. Danker, You'd never think that he would have the year he had. Incredible. Took him deep. Uh, who else? Uh, Scott. Uh, uh, Matt Scott. Matt Scott. These guys. He really are had just, him for a year.
1: Did some great things in this offense because you needed that athletic quarterback. Look, I said I said to a lot of people, you know, when I was just a fan, and now that I've got a you know a microphone in front of me, I'll say it again. When when Rich Rod was the coach at Arizona, I never felt like Arizona was gonna get out coached. They might not have the best players and they might not win, but I always felt that Rich Rod was the smartest coach on the field And that if they lost games They lost games because they got beat by better players
0: Let me ask you this about, about uh, Mike Stoops and I'm serious about this I got a call today's Wednesday Probably Friday uh, they wanted me to talk about this Some guy was at a barbershop And they were talking about bad-mouthing Mike Stoops And blah 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 And the guy said you're totally wrong guys Because he brought in some very good players
1: His only thing that with Mike Stoops Was his kind of sideline antics with with Mike, the feeling I got though was that um, I thought he was in a little bit over his head. He that he was not a head coach, right? But he, but he was like a good assistant coach. Yeah, and 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 the thing the thing I felt about him was that you know the the all the other things that came with being a head coach. Got in the way of him just being able to coach, and and he he couldn't figure out the the correct balance on that. Like like what example just, just just all you know all the other stuff that comes with being a head coach. You know, dealing with the boosters and, and the running public. the program. Correct. Now you're the boss. Yeah, you're managing people. And, True. And I I just felt like he he was in a, he was in a bit over his head on that because right. clearly he could coach, but you know. Was he a great coach because he had great players to coach at Oklahoma? You know, what was the situation Mm -hmm. there? But, you know, getting back to Rich Rod, you know, I just felt that, you know, Rich Rod's system – and, and, and the things he did particularly offensively i just never felt like arizona was going to get outcoached on the field mm-hmm. and uh but you know they they didn't win all their games because they didn't always have the best players on often didn't have the best players on right, the field right. usually didn't have the best players on the field right. now you can get into the whole recruiting and who's whose fault is that and that type of thing but you know i mean look if you can go With all due respect to B.J. Denker, if you get yourself to a bowl game with B.J. Denker as your quarterback, you beat Oregon, the number two team in the country, you know, with with a future Heisman Trophy winner on that team, you're a hell of a coach. I don't care what anybody says.
0: So you've been around a while. We've talked about this in your first days. Uh,
1: Who's been the best football coach since you've been here? The best football coach in Arizona? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my memory only goes back to... Larry. Bob Weber, but just before Whoa, you know, Bob Weber, like, Tony Mason. Ooh. But, uh, you know, Larry Smith, well, I thought, you know, brought it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say, in terms of a next as an O's guy, I I still st- I st- have to think Rich Rod. But I, Larry was, a better, I think, a better coach because he was a broader coach. He coached offense. Mm-hmm. He, co- he, he had good offenses. He was a good defensive coach. And I thought the things that he did with the program were better and and, and Dick told me, I think you can make an argument for Dick, but I think I think what 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 we see in Dick as a coach is that is just what he meant to the program mm-hmm. and and you know in, in terms of what a coach meant to the program, I think Dick stands out above all of them. Yeah, I do. But too. if you're asking me, who? was the best football coach in terms of what got put on the field. I I thought it was Larry because he came in at a, at a time when it was, you know, it, it was it was it was tough and you know they were on probation. And he did some things, and you know, I would have loved to have seen if he had stuck around a few more years, what would have happened. With so, the in the times when uh,
0: Mason was going through his issues or whatever, you had to be in college or in high I school. I was in college, so you saw you saw the news. You were in the kind of news business at the time, right? How big was that?
1: It was compared to deal. other things that on? Going- well, it was a huge deal, and it was a huge deal in my family. And I'll tell you why, because my brother Rick, who's was a has been a very prominent lawyer in Tucson for a lot of years. He was one of Tony Mason's defense attorneys huh? in the in the criminal trial against him. A guy named Bill Healy was the lead attorney, and my brother Rick was a you know w- you know was a supporting attorney. So I heard a lot about, and I'm continuing to hear a lot about Tony Mason and and what all happened there. And it's kind of a, a, a lot of a, a lot like what's going on now in that you know Tony and those coaches they got criminally prosecuted for some for doing something that was expected of them (laughs) to run the program they were just doing what they were told to do is basically was basically what their defense was and in the end they were they were acquitted of all the charges for that reason and 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 ultimately the u of a got put on probation for that for two years Mm -hmm. because of all the things that went on during that time so who was telling them that the administration. Oh, really? Yeah. Day. I'm again. I'm. I'm. I'm talking off the top of my head, but I, you know, I believe that the defense was that they were doing it, and because that that's what was expected. And I believe Dave Strack, who was the athletic director at that time, kind of testified to that in court. That basically said you know they, they 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 had a job to do and this was kind of what they needed to do to do their job it's funny because what uh, that was 80 1980ish no 7879
0: so, oh, okay, so 43
1: years ago yeah. uh, and here we are we're still talking about it, it was a big deal just in a different I, I, situation you know, It was the 78 79 football seasons that Tony Mason was the head coach here and then they go on on probation and don't go to aren't allowed to go to bowl games after the 83 mm-hmm. and 84 seasons mm-hmm. it took them four or five years to to find to pull that off. And so, you know, again, we're talk, you know, we're telling stories and, you know, every you know pe- people forget that one of the greatest players in Arizona football history was recruited here by Tony Mason. That was Ricky Huntley. That was Ricky Huntley, right, right. No, and that was a great era because they played just the tough dudes. Yeah. Just a bunch of tough but, dudes. I mean Larry, you know, Larry Smith gets here and in his first year, he beats number two UCLA. If you recall on a day that the number one team had already lost so ucla was on its way to being the number one team in the country and they got beat down here 1982 83 1980 1980 oh that early 1980 yeah you yeah. know and then 81 they beat a number one USC team 82 they beat Notre Dame and on and on and on
0: right and you can name those guys out uh, the Hunleys the uh, David Adams and the Jay Dobbins right all those guys right 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 don't
1: tear up here
0: don't tear <laughs> up here but this is what this show's about kind of going back sure, and talking you know, about
1: and, I love story time you know we'll, we'll we'll do a little bit more of that but uh, you know that's uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history here in this town and I, I love talking about it.
0: yeah a lot of people in this town don't know because there are a lot of. Newcomers to this to Tucson. Oh sure. There are. Yeah. Hey, good good show today. Thank you uh Jay. All right. Thank you, Tom. We'll We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, yes, here on ten thirty the voice.